Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We're here in Kyoto, Iowa, covering Kyoto Days and the, the Kyoto Tractor uh, Parade in particular. We're here with John Griner. Welcome to the program, John. Thank you. So, John, uh, you're one of the uh, organizers of this event, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am. So, tell, tell us uh, what's going to happen today here. Well, we're trying to raise money for next year's big celebration. It's to be 150 years, and we're having a tractor show and parade today, and hopefully we draw a lot of tractors in the, from the community. It's a farming community, and uh, we hope we have a big success. Well, we're here, you know, several hours before the, the parade starts, and it seems like about every minute there's another tractor rolling into town, isn't there? Yes, there is. We've got a lot of them coming in, looks like. So, so uh, tell me about Kyoto Days in general. Have you been here for the, any of the other days? or was? Yes, I have. Okay, so how was the attendance for that? And, it was uh, great. It was great. So there's an enthusiastic crowd, and here comes two more tractors, uh, but uh, um, no, it looks like this event's going to be enormous, isn't it? I hope so. We hope to bring a lot of tractors and a lot of money into town. Well, can you speak briefly on the uh, Kyoto Days itself and how many people was you know here and uh, the kind of enthusiastic response for the entertainment and what they well, had? The entertainment was great. They had a whole show yesterday, a big crowd. We had a big parade, and uh, it seemed like we had a good response from everyone. Yeah, so when does this tractor parade start? It starts at 2 o'clock. So you see you had, you had the horseshoes, you had a, a parade, you had, uh, I think a DJ came and played tonight. Yes. Street yep. dance. And this is just kind of the culmination. This is the last day of yep, the Kyoto Days. Day. Tell me just, before we get into, into the tractor thing, just tell me a little bit about this Kyoto area. Well, Kyoto area, everybody kind of sticks together. And if you ever need anything, you can usually go to a farmer or a business person and they will help you out. And the, the schools are really well supported here. Yes, you have are. an excellent school. Yeah, you know, we we, uh, we would talk to the superintendent over there and we talked to the baseball coach and the football coach and the basketball team. It's just they have just tremendous uh, support. This is a really wonderful community. Let our listeners know where Kyoto is. Kyoto is in southeast Iowa between Richland and Sigourney. We're about halfway between Okay, we think that, that should do it. So let's get on to the tractors. How many tractors? What kind of tractors? What's the We've oldest tractor? We've got all kinds of tractors here. We've got International John Deere, Deutz, Ellis Chalmers, about any color. And all of them are, most of them are restored. A lot of them are out of the field. And uh, we hope to get 60 tractors. You think you can get, well, it looks like you're about halfway there now. I think we are, and we're, we don't start registering until 10 o'clock. You don't even start registering until 10. What, uh, what's the route? The route, uh, the uh, policeman in town will take us around the route. He's going to drive a tractor and take us around the route. We'll go to the south part of town, do a couple of streets. Then we're going through the nursing home. And then we'll go down Washington Street, come back up Broadway. So you're just about anywhere in town. Yes. You're going to yes. be able to see 60 tractors yep. rolling through. Yep. Is there any, uh, uh, so what, what kind of... Concessions and stuff. Do you have support in this? We event? have uh, we have food, which is going the pool. The pool organizers are having food, and as far as support, it's just the guys bring their tractors in and pay, and and that's going to towards next year's festivities. Well, uh, tractors are everything in Iowa, aren't they? they I mean, are. that's the center of everything. It is. There's probably no place where the tractor is more appreciated. In Iowa, and as I I watch these tractor owners walk from tractor to tractor and 
talk to other farmers about their tractors, there's a, a level of joy that is just not seen in everyday life, is there? There is. That, uh, you can talk, almost come to Kyoto and talk to anybody about tractors. Well, we're talking to John Greiner, who's a, a organizer of the tractor parade here at Kyoto Days. Uh, do you, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, what's your background, John? I'm retired. And uh, otherwise, I I still work sometimes, but I'm retired and enjoying it and uh, still have a love for tractors. Did, did you have a farming background? Yes. Yes, I did. So tell me a little bit about farming and the challenges today. It looks like we finally we got the, the, the crops in pretty late, but it looks like they're all in. Otherwise, the tractors would, probably wouldn't be here. That's true. But That's uh, true. tell me about some of the challenges the farmers are facing today. The high prices of everything, the fuel, the fertilizer, the crop input, it's just, it's kind of on the scary side. All these uh, guys going out spending all this money and then you don't, have, don't know what you're going to get in return. I mean, you don't even know what the money's going to be worth if you did get a return on True. it, you know? I mean, because yeah. we, I mean, it, it looks like we're about, gas going up about a dollar a gallon a month. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know, you know, where it's going to top out at, but I don't think we're there yet, do you? No, I don't think we're there. I think we're probably going to see five and a half, six dollar gas. Yeah. Diesel fuel, maybe six, seven dollars. Yeah. Uh, and those input costs make a big difference. Let, let me ask you just about fertilizer in particular. You know, with the war in Ukraine and so much of the potash and fertilizer that comes from Russia, uh, you know, we do have a pretty good supply in Canada. Um, or isn't there enough fertilizer available to the farmers? Are they going to cut back on fertilizer? And what's that going to do to the, to the volume of crop that we're going to see? I think there's going to be a shortage of fertilizer. And the price is going to keep going up for a while. And as far as getting it, it's tough to get. Now, what about uh, Hinshaw Trailer Sales? Uh, Richland, Iowa sponsors this program. And uh, tell me, you know, he's having trouble getting trailers and getting things, you know, uh, I heard a story about a guy that bought a brand new tractor last year. He, he drove it for 30 minutes and it broke down and needed a part. He didn't get a part till plant season this year, you know. So what are those kind of supply chain issues and things like that? How's my, it, how are those affecting the farm? My understanding is if you want a piece of a new equipment, you got to order it a year ahead of time. And then chance of getting it is slim. Oh, yeah. I, I heard it could take up to four years yes, for a new combine yes, or... Yes. Uh, and that's if there's no more supply chains between mm-hmm. problems between now and then. But uh, it does look like uh, the, the crops did get in the ground, and what I see emerging just looks stellar, doesn't it? It's, it's tremendous. The corn is almost knee-high. The beans are kind of slow coming out of the ground, but they're looking better. And I think with all the heat and the rain, it's gonna, they're really going uh, to have a good crop. Well, let's get back to the tractor pole here, or the tractor uh, parade. Uh, it seems like it's gonna. We've got pretty nice weather so far. It might get a little warmer this afternoon, but uh, you think it's get one more pitch out for anybody that's listening to come out to see the parade today? I hope everybody shows up. I hope we have a lot of spectators, and uh, I think it's gonna be a wonderful day. Is there any sponsors of the of the Kyoto Days that you'd like to mention? Uh, I guess I really don't know of any sponsors. Okay. Well, who's what's the committee that puts this together called? Uh, fundraising committee for for the Bosco Centennial next year. Well, we're trying to get ready for next year's 150th. Uh, I guarantee you, Round Guy Radio will be here to cover that. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, John. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? I just want to thank everybody for bringing tractors in. 
And uh, if it weren't for the people bringing tractors in, it would not be a success. Well, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a day of joy it will. that flows throughout Kyoto. <laughs> it will. And it will. Uh, we appreciate everything and the, the event so far. So we'll we'll get a couple more people to talk to. Hang in there and listen. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Kyoto Today's coverage of the tractor parade. We're with John Sheets, who is a Griner implement. Welcome, to the program, Mark, John. Mark. Mark Sheets, who yeah, Mark Sheets. Anyway, uh, tell me about uh, tell me about this uh, tractor parade. Oh, it's just a fundraiser for the Kyoto's uh, 150 year celebration next year. I don't know. We're expecting 60 to 70 tractors. We hope. Um, you know, they're gonna have judging people's choice awards and three or four judges to select different tractors out of different categories. Well, uh, I, I'm told you are cranking up for a huge celebration next year for the sesquicentennial. I understand that. Yes, I'm not too much involved with it, but they're they got quite a bit planned for next year. Well, as a guy that that makes his living lives night and day with tractors and tractor implements, tell me about the the special relationship between the Iowa and tractors. Oh, everybody loves tractors. I don't care if you live in town or if you're old or young. It's just kind of an infatuation, I guess. Everybody likes them, likes to look at them. And if you don't have one, I guess, then come look at them. So. Yeah, you can come look at them yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, tractors are really, you know, the the you know the, the biggest thing in Iowa. I mean, as far as it's what really makes our state. It's what plants our crops and harvests our crops and supports our community in every way. Uh, what what are you looking out of this event for uh, this community spirit? Bringing everybody together, I guess a lot of people that I wouldn't expect to be here brought tractors in, which surprises me. And, uh, you know, some guys bring five or six of them so far. So, well, yeah, they're they're expecting sixty, and uh, I think we're pretty close to that now. I, we haven't even started registering. Yeah, I think it's blown by that pretty fast. Yeah, it, it's going to be a great. And we've already talked about the route. Uh, uh, tell me about uh, how the supply chain and how things are affecting grinder implement. It's tough to get anything, no matter what uh, company you deal with, everything's just on the back order with, uh, you know, there's a component missing on every piece of equipment, you know, new stuff. Parts are still good, uh, supplies good on parts, but uh, fuel surcharge on everything we get, it's got a fuel surcharge, it seems like, uh, you know, freight's $1,000, next time you get it, it might be 1200 just the way the world is, I guess. Yeah, it's, Farmers accept it, they're used to it by now, they don't, they might have a sad look on her face but they they know what the, what's they, going they on. gotta do what they gotta do yeah. you know farming has you know from even when i was young to now it's just become so much more expensive i mean it, just your average farm is a million dollar operation Boy, handling know? a lot of money yes. hand, and it's just all passing through you like a sieve kind yes. of isn't it yes it is uh so uh let me ask you a little about the, the crops this year they got in a little late but it looks like they're about all in now aren't they? yeah they're just about done everything looks tremendous i think and uh, I've never seen the crops come up so good. Have you? It's, yeah, even and quick. Yes, everything yeah. came up. Yeah, it, it looks good. So it looks like you know the seed was available. And but uh, the thing that seems to concern me uh, is the the fertilizer. Uh, have you heard anything about? Is there enough fertilizer available? Is it still cost effective to use fertilizer? Oh yeah, I think it's it's there. You just gotta. It's still cost effective with 750 corn and 18 dollar soybeans. It's. There's still profit there, but next year's going to be a whole different story with the... These guys had their stuff bought early for this year, but... Uh, yeah, next year they'll really see those input costs, yes. and then, you know, if, if gas gets up seven, eight bucks a gallon, I mean, how much good is the money they're going to... Whatever little money they squeeze out going to go, but... That's true. Uh, 
I guess today is not a day for that kind of news. Today's a day to celebrate. Uh, there you go. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, I uh, used to farm for 21 years and then started selling farm machinery in 1998. I've been with three different companies. Enjoy working with farmers. And I live here in Kyoto, working at Tumble currently. And enjoy my job. Well, tell me a little bit where where your grinder implement is and. Uh, why is it? Why is it the solution to the farmers' uh, situations right now? It's in Atomwa, Iowa, uh, southeast Iowa. We handle probably 12 to 14 different lines of machinery. I mean, we can get about anything we want. Uh, Case IH is our main uh, tractor line. Case construction equipment. Uh, well, it's a lot of tillage equipment. One of the big sponsors of our program is the Henshaw Trailers in Richland, Iowa, mm-hmm. and you know he. He's established and he is able to get some trailers and work through some of these situations, but he's noticing his customers are coming from further and further away. Is oh, yeah. that something that same? are you seeing the same kind of uh, thing at your business? Yeah, we have for the last couple of years, but that's internet. You know, it's, it used to be a farmer stayed pretty close to home, but now with internet, I mean, we go out of state. And, and perhaps, you know, where they're at, they aren't, they aren't uh, able to, to get the service that your company provides. Yeah, just... You got something they want they'll travel to buy it so well we're talking to mark price a grinder implement uh we sure enjoyed having you on the program is there anything you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to i'm good All thank right. you for coming well thanks for being on the show with us Betcha. welcome back to our coverage of uh, the kyoto days as henshaw trailer sailors pre- presents uh, the kyoto tractor parade we are here with karen seifert seifert yes. she is the uh, president of the uh, uh, historical Society and the museum that's in town. Welcome to the program, Karen. Thank you. So part of uh, Kyoto Days has been uh, one of the big things is tour and uh, creating some awareness of the museum yes. here. And uh, I, you gave me a private tour, and it is uh, it is just an unbelievably interesting look at life in Kyoto. So tell us a little bit about the museum. The museum was started years and years ago, and it was in the basement of the Wilson Memorial Library, and we were in two rooms. And about two and a half years ago, the Libertyville Savings Bank, who used to be housed in this building, built a new bank on the west end of Main Street, and they gave this building to the city of Kyoto. So well, that was good luck. Uh, yes, the city <laughs> offices are located here, and we were fortunate enough, enough to be able to move our museum up here. So it was October, well, it'll be two years October, we moved the museum up here. And uh, it has given us a lot more space. We've gotten a lot of new artifacts since then. Well, they, they've got it just chock full of just different aspects of life, you know, from education to military to farming to quilting to... Uh, prominent families, uh, but I would think, uh, well, first, let's ask about the hours, because as soon as we start talking about this, people are going to want to come uh, see this. Well, actually, our whole museum board, other than one person, is still employed. So, basically, we're, we're open for fun days, we're open certain Saturdays and Sundays, basically check our Kyoto Historical Museum Facebook page. If, if you had a, a church group, or you had a Grade school kids, yes. the, uh, a we, group. We, we do special we could, tours. We could, how could we get contact someone? Just for contact, a contact me or contact 
Kyoto City Hall and our city clerk will get a, get in contact with one of us. Well, if you want a really nice tour, you need to get married to give you the tour because she she's so fired up and excited about all the stuff that's in here. Now, uh, if I was a kid, I know exactly the first thing I would come see, and that's the two-headed pig. Right. Now, tell me the story behind the two-headed pig. The two-headed pig, uh, a farmer west of town had a two-headed pig back in the 70s when it was born, and he brought it into the vet clinic, and the veterinarians were smart enough to put it in a gallon jar with formaldehyde and kept it. And they had it in their office for several years, and somewhere along the way, they donated it to the museum. So um, the two-headed pig is kind of, we think, a spectacular display. We, we do a display every, well, we started last year on back-to-school night at the school, and we take some of our, our things up to show kids what we have here, and the two-headed pig is always a big hit. So tell me, what are some of the responses that, that small children when they see that pig? Ew. Oh, it's ew, it's ew. I thought they'd be fascinated with Some it. of them are. Girls are not as Girls excited. are, but I imagine yeah, the boys the think that. The boys that's... are. But it's kind of fun to watch them when they're in here because they'll look at it, and they usually circle back around later and look at it again. Well, you, you've got uh, kind of a Kyoto state championship basketball yes. game just captured in the moment of time because yes. you have the scoreboard of the game as the final score on it and the clocks run down to zero. And uh, that, I, I don't know any other better way to capture what would have been a, a tremendous celebration for a community. It's the size. only state tournament championship we've ever won. So we have the basketball with all of the team signatures on it. We have the picture. We have a jersey from one of the team members. And so we, and the playbook too. So we really feel like we just cashed in on that deal. Well, know? the, uh, yeah, and it's, it's displayed in this. I'm sure if you were uh, uh, ever remembered that experience, you said it was 89? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, and, uh, you know, it would really bring back a lot of yeah. memories. But you have a lot of other educational displays yes. and cute displays. I, I know the, the community adores the school system that they have right. here. And they just live for these kids. And uh, so tell us about some of the, the educational stuff that's in here. Well, we have um, a bunch of, uh, like, cheerleading uniforms, basketball uniforms, old uh, football jerseys. We have... Um, couple of majorette outfits. We have annuals, a lot of old annuals from back in the old days. Um, actually, we have some uh, like FHA, Future Homemakers of America. We have some old scrapbooks from, actually, we just got them not too long ago. And one of them was from when I graduated from high school, which was quite a shock that it was still around. And another one was from like 1956. So we are in the process of clearing out one of our little storerooms and making it into a room that if if some of these gals want to come back and leave through the scrapbook, they have their own place to look at it without being out in the way. Well, um, we're here uh, in Kyoto uh, as a track, getting ready for the tractor parade, and it seems like they thought 60 tractors maybe were hoping. It looks like double that. Uh, I think so. But uh, it's a community that, you know, that, that admires old tractors, just admires history. Kyoto, uh, small towns like Kyoto, history is really important. Isn't it? Kyoto has a lot of community pride. 
So uh, one of the exhibits that I saw that was kind of interesting is a, a mink championship trophy. Yes. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. There's a mink farm um, north and east of town a little ways, and they have raised mink for, well, as long as I can remember, and I've been alive a You're long time. You're a pretty young lady, but uh, well, you might have seen a few things. And they have, uh, they got several national awards, and so we were fortunate enough that we were able to acquire a couple of their trophies, and we were able to pull up some old news articles about them winning the championship, and you really don't see a lot of mink farms around anymore. Well, you have a, a whole room that's an exhibit of a family yes. that was, I believe, involved in uh, raising, raising horses. Raising horses. horses back in the... Well, can you tell, tell our listeners about that? Because there's a whole room dedicated to that. There's a whole room that. dedicated. It's called the Singmaster Legacy. The Singmaster family raised Percheron horses back in the 1900s. Um, 1928, Lagos was their prize stallion. The Singmasters would go to Europe, and they would bring back... Uh, rail cars full of Percheron horses to sell. And Percheron horses are the big work horses. And the family created a lot of jobs in Kyoto. We brought a lot of families to Kyoto that are still here generations later. And they made quite a bit of money. They made, uh, they built beautiful mansions. Uh, they raised some buffalo. We have a buffalo hide and we have a buffalo head from the Singmasters. And uh, they were pretty elaborate people, but they also gave back to the community, too. Well, the community needs people like that That's to, right. to attract people, to create the jobs. Right. You also have a tremendous medical display, uh, an old dentist chair, uh, and this beautiful uh, gift from the Dumont Museum. Right. Can you tell us about that? We have the original display case from uh, the last drugstore in Kyoto was the Farm and Home Drug. And it closed probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe, maybe 2005, I'm not sure. But um, the original owner liked to collect antique cars or older cars. And so he traded this cabinet when he closed the uh, pharmacy to a car dealer in Sigourney for a Lincoln Continental because he was quite a Lincoln collector. And so that was just laid in Mike Wagler's uh, car dealership for several years, and then he gave it to the Dumont Museum, which is south of Sigourney, and they had, the Dumonts had a spectacular museum. Oh, my God. With tractors and... I think if Mike and Frank from American Pickers walked through there, they would have had to be resuscitated. They yes, had so much yes. nice they, stuff in there. They would, it would take would, several They would episodes. have to call the medics out yeah. there to get the paddles out. Clear! Because yep, right. they, I mean, it was that spectacular yes. of a... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dumont were wonderful people. And when they, because of age, they decided to close their museum. They knew about our Kyoto Museum, so they donated this cabinet to us. And the front side of the cabinet has all kinds of medications... Um, yeah, medical bottles and prescriptions right. and anything that would be sold, you know, in a pharmacy yeah. back in 1930s, 1940s. Yes. It's all here. And there's even even just a, a shelf. It's just Kyoto. Yeah, uh, we have some Kyoto, Kyoto pieces like from our, our doctor, uh, K.L. McGuire. He was my doctor as a child, and he was a wonderful physician. We have some bottles from him and some old drugstore things from Kyoto, but the rest of it is everything that the Dumonts donated with the display case. Tell me about these beautiful quilts that I'm looking at and just uh, surrounding me as we're talking. These quilts, um, 
we discovered them about 15 years ago in the basement of the library. And uh, our current librarian at that time, Rachel Klein, did a lot of research on them, and they're quite valuable, and they were featured in a quilting magazine several years ago. So we just get them out for display. For We, had, uh, we were open yesterday for fun days, and so we just get them out when we're having an open house. Um, because of the lighting and everything, there, as you can see behind you, that one is starting to fray quite a bit. So they're real fragile. So, uh, and they go way, way, way back. That one goes back to 1890. This well, one. I can't sit and describe them to you, but if you could come here, you, it would just take your breath away at the beauty and the effort that it put into and the intricate detail that's in each and every one of these. Now, you, you brought some people in here maybe for the first time for the Kyoto Fun Days. Yes. Uh, tell me how that event went and, and what were some of the things that people uh, came up to you and said, what's this? Yeah, they... People were very complimentary yesterday. Even Kyoto people that had never been in here, they said, I didn't realize you had all this stuff. And like this over there on the wall, on the windows behind you, E.E. E. Neal was a famous photographer who eventually went blind, and he died in the 1950s. I can remember him as a kid, but all of those pictures behind you are E.E. E. Neal photographs and he was he was quite a well-known photographer in his day so we did a display of him we felt like he deserved it you have uh, some recent additions at least uh, added on to what you had uh, from a methodist church that was here some beautiful stained glass yes. that you had refinished and it's all lit up and a uh, new cornerstone for the church right. how, how has that uh, been a great contributor to the Oh, we feel like that stained glass, the, stained, the Methodist Church closed in the 90s, and all of the stained glass windows went to the United Church of Faith, which is here in town, and one window they didn't have room for, so it got stored out at a farm, and from there it went to the co-op bulk plant, and from there it went to my neighbor's garage. It wasn't cased in plywood. But, um, and the, our neighbors wanted to donate it to the museum, so we gladly took it. It's a 13-foot window, and our ceilings in here are not 13 feet. So we uh, commissioned Bovard Studios in Fairfield to re-lead the window, and they changed some of the stained glass and put it in a standing display with lights, and um, we did have to cut off the bottom vent and that is hung next to the stained glass window, and it is just a real showstopper. It is spectacular, and, and they, they really took the time they and did. effort to go through it with fine detail to restore this, and it's a, it's a, a fantastic. Well, uh, there's so much here, we're not going to be able to get you around to all of it, but I want to talk to, some, to you about something that's very special to my heart, and that's your military display. Yes. You know, I was, uh, uh, I'm an Army veteran, and uh, I'm you. always impressed with the, with uh, anyone that shows a little respect towards the, the nation's military history. You know, uh, I'm told that not all the display is here, but you do have a pretty fine display. What are some of the uh, military artifacts that you have here that would uh, give some, make impress somebody? We have a Civil War gun uh, rifle with a bayonet on the end of it. It was donated by a local family. His uh, great-grandfather served in the military, and so we have that. 
we have, uh, actually we just got uh, some pieces from a family whose, uh, the, the son had died in World War II and they sent back all of his effects in one little small box and the mom saved the box and it had a couple of rings in it, some of his medals, uh, a pocket knife, and a spoon. So the family gave it to us, so we're displaying that. His, we do also have his uniform. And we have another display that we put up in uh, a local businessman's window. We put uniforms in at, um, we did it for the 4th of July. We had an American flag, and we had a, a, a sign that said, thank you veterans for your service. And we just really feel like, you know, we're always looking for more veteran items. Well, uh, it's a great place to display it. Uh, if you, there's there's so much more, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to give you the highlights of what's what I saw. Uh, if you if you are going, if somebody does want to make a tour, how can they contact you? Is there a Facebook, social media, website, we have anything? A fa yeah, we have a Kyoto Historical Museum Facebook page that we check, and uh, they can do that, or they can call the city clerk. So you can just call the city clerk yeah, and then get a hold of you. And if you want to get a, a, a real good tour, you need to ask for Karen because yeah. she is on on top of it. And I don't uh, know, uh, I know how many hours that and, and money and time that you put into this. But uh, We have a it, dedicated group of, um, there's seven of us on the board, and we have a dedicated group. Well, it's Round Guy Radio here covering the uh, Kyoto Days and the tractor parade and uh, Took a little time to tell you about the Kyoto Museum. What is the Kyoto Museum exactly called? Kyoto Historical Museum. It's Kyoto Historical Museum. Well, thanks for being on the program. Welcome back to the Kyoto Days, Kyoto Tractor Parade. We're talking to Joe Searin, who's here. You got a tractor in the parade? We got five of them here. Five tractors in the parade. Now, they said uh, they were hoping they'd get 60. It looks like 120. Well, we got 64, I think. Well, you didn't have to. Bring me down like that. They're, they're gonna be there's still some more. There's coming. still tractors coming, but it's just flush with tractors here. We're gonna have a big tractor parade. Just tell me about Kyoto Days and uh, what, what, how much fun is it? It's the best time in the world. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of tractors do you got in this? The old John Deere's. What years? Oh, now you're hurting me. I see. We start out at 40, 41. 66, 67, oh, I guess I forgot, a 55. So you've been walking around here. What are some of the tractors that maybe aren't yours that impress you? Well, that still moves is that 4386 or 66 right there. Well, we're talking to John Searn. Uh, Joe. How, how is the, what is it? Joe. Oh, Joe Searn. Uh, I, I called everybody John I've interviewed today for some reason <laughs> since John Griner. But this, uh, is, this is my grandson, Lane Janicek. Hey, Lane, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you think? What do you enjoy tractor parades? I like driving tractors. I like driving tractors and seeing all of the. You go to Mid Prairie School? That's a pretty good school. I got a pretty good baseball team. Are you a, are you a baseball player? Uh, no. What what sports do you like to play? Uh, football. Yeah. Well, they got a pretty good football team there. What year are you in school? Fourth grade. I, know, that's, I got a grandson at Peking School. And, you know, just, I think he just graduated fifth grade. So, what well, was nice talking to you? It was nice talking to you, Mr. 
Siren. Joe Siren. Yep, I got it right. All right, well, we're going to wrap up uh, uh, the coverage of uh, Kyoto's uh, tractor days, uh, sponsored by Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland Island. Thanks for listening.